Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Got, 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 need, need, <laughs> <Yeah>. got. <laughs> Penal colony. More like my house, am I right? Oh my god, it could have been a neighbour, it could have been the royal family, it could have been anybody then. (laughs) And I've just written in brackets, room for jokes here. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are recording this at the point in lockdown when Marks and Spencer's decided to sue Aldi because they had the same caterpillar cake. So that is what's happening at the time of the record. I don't know what's happening now. (laughs) Story Uh, of the year. (laughs) What could could happen after that? Please welcome to the stage the fantastic comedian and podcaster, Sally Ann Hayward. (laughs) 
Sally. Hello. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, Thank it's so good to have coming. you on. A fellow drinking podcaster. I mean, this is yeah. the match made in heaven. Oh, so. yes. I'm drinking. Cheers. Mm. Let's show them how it's done, Sally. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm slightly worried about the Marks and Spencer Aldi thing. I didn't know about that, but I have spent the afternoon putting together an Aldi garden rattan sofa set. So oh, I'm wow. on Team Aldi, I'm afraid. Wow, oh. t- this is what's going to happen. Yeah. You're Team Aldi. Is anyone Team m and Is this a call in the Caterpillar yeah. scandal? So what, have they called it like Conrad the Caterpillar? <laughs> is it one of these jobs? Conrad the, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, I can't think of another insect. Cow. Spider. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it just feels like. It's, we're just at that point in the pandemic. This is the natural conclusion. <laughs> I'm quite pleased though, because it's quite nice because I feel like those are the news stories we weren't getting before because it was yes. all, always this many people have died. This is awful. Everything's yeah. shit. And now yes. it's like, hey, people steal chocolate cakes. Like I saw something Colin. on yeah. Facebook yes. from five we, years got- ago today, which was a headline from an Isle of Wight newspaper, which was Alan Titchmarsh airlifted to hospital after fish and chips and an Easter egg. I mean, that is the headline that yeah. I want to see. Like, after, e- yeah. after eating them, was yeah. it? He ate them and he had gall- gallstones or something. And they what? went with that oh, headline. Gallstones. <laughs> that that's gallstones for girls. Oh. <laughs> is it gallstones? <laughs> that's one of those ones I've only ever seen written down, so I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yes, you do. That was great. <laughs> Sally, I've got to ask you the question. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Well, I have. Yes, <gasps> I know. I know. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I was gigging in Ipswich. Oh, yeah. And that is where the story ends. No, um, I, <laughs> I was gigging in Ipswich and I left my car in an open, cheap, I might add, car park, one that's sort of two pounds for 24 hours or something. Okay. Stayed the night. It was my old Rover. And I got back the next day and somebody had forced the passenger door open with, I don't know, there was a little hole there basically. They'd obviously flipped the thing up. They'd got inside the car, clearly. There wasn't a lot to steal, but they'd taken a really old set of rubber. I mean, this was probably at least 15 years ago. Okay. Rubbish set of headphones. I can't even think that I'd have a mobile phone then, but I must have done. But that style, (laughs) they'd taken those, they were awful. (laughs) But what they had done is they'd left all my cassettes. Oh, Every shame. single one of them they'd <laughs> oh, left. No. I know. And I didn't know if that was them hating my taste in music or yeah. if they looked at them and went, you don't know what they are. <laughs> but I think it was probably a fossil to them. It was about 10 years ago and I still had a tape player. Oh, but that can, that can help you zero in on the age of the perp. Yes, exactly. Like, you know they were young. Yes, just there. It was probably the time of the mini disc, in fact. But <laughs> and they were just flummoxed by the. I mean, now the cassette is coming back into fashion, isn't it? But then, is it? oh, apparently, according to the radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that must be right then. Yes, but they just left them. When I say victim of a crime, I didn't. I mean, it didn't go any further. I didn't even bother to report oh, it. Really? Yeah, I took it to the mechanic the car and said can you get this hole repaired and he said okay yes well I feel like I've let you down a bit because there were no police involved maybe I should pursue it now maybe yes. I should. it's never too late to report rubber headphone theft <laughs> yes I think maybe yeah 
I want to know what the cassettes were. What were you listening to? Um, what would have been? Tape? Yeah, what was I listening to then with my tapes? Were they um, your own ones that you made? Because I used to have my own mixtapes in my car when I had a good mm. tape player in my car. Did you used to draw like little covers for them as well? Did you go that far? I didn't draw actually. I just wrote all the songs down on the um. TD, what, was it TDK? What, what was it? The little t- yeah, it was yeah, the, TDK. I did that. I did. I did a bit of drawing, bit of doodling. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, I don't know if I did have any of that. I can't even remember what the tapes would have been, but they would have been something from the eighties, like Echo and the Bunnymen, or there would have been a bit Blondie going on there. Um, nice. Yeah, there would have been possibly the Cure, and then Look, something. I like, just want you to know that I would have stolen those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're Thank welcome. You. You're very me. welcome. Somebody That's a, maybe. They didn't steal them because they already had them. Oh, oh! <laughs> like, I love you. To, to steal Blondie, I've got this at home. Oh. A, ro- a rubber that's just like got, 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 need, need, <laughs> <Yeah>. got. <laughs> God, I can see why you guys do this podcast. You've solved the crime. I've never <laughs> thought of it from that angle ever, and that's it, isn't it? They had them all already. It wasn't they because. Had them. I was an elderly lady in my they car. They could have been like a really good mate to you. Like yeah. you would have actually maybe got along really well with them. Yeah. yeah. And perhaps those headphones were just really dated and not working anymore and they did me a favour and took them for me. Yeah. Maybe that was, oh, I like them now. I'm not going to go to the police and report it. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> we so always lovely. try to be on the side of the perp in this, in this podcast. Oh, so, it's the Ipswich way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of other crimes. I'm sure there's been more bags nicked, you know, but then sometimes, you know, I've had my bag nicked in the past and I think I've stolen things. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what could you really fair play? You know, it's going to come round eventually, isn't it? I don't Just, steal anymore, but you know, when I was young, I used to be a bit light-fingered. Bit of, bit of old light-fingers. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been a victim of a crime so much as a victim of karma. I like that. That's yes, a new one for yeah. the book. Yes. That's, exactly. That's a nice. Just paying it forwards. Mind you, if anybody <laughs> came and stole from me now, I'd fucking kill them. <laughs> yeah. There, there comes a point where, like, we, I don't know, you're kind of like, no, oh, I've got nice stuff now. Everyone better leave me alone. Yeah, and you work hard, you know, and that's how you get your stuff, isn't it? Is it because you think yeah. I put all the hours in? Yeah, you can. You don't touch it now. Yeah. This matters now. This yeah. is new. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry you've got your addiction problems, but I'm not having my laptop. I was going to try to joke like, yeah, good luck getting into the cloud, and then I was like, oh, that's literally that's what people do now. They do hack into uh, the cloud. Oh no, so that doesn't work. No. I don't even have music in the cloud. I don't even know what the cloud is. No, I don't really. But I pay two pound forty nine a month for something. Yeah. Because it was full. The cloud was full. So they told us to pay more. I hate when they get full. (laughs) I always do that. And I always get my invoice from Apple and I always forget that I'm paying for it. And whenever it comes up, it's like, oh, you know, you've got this bill. And I always open it and go, oh, that's bullshit because I think it's a scam. But actually it is just an invoice that I do pay. (laughs) Yeah, just keep paying for more things. I don't even know how to stop the payment either. That's the worst thing. I've no idea if I think, oh, perhaps I could not pay for this anymore. I wouldn't have a clue where to look. To find out how to stop. I've just all that's gonna to have to happen is I'm just gonna to have to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then it will all stop because I'll have a death certificate and somebody will do it for me. <laughs> so eventually yeah, that will plan. be dealt with admin. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have to ask you as well, Sally, if you had the perp um now, what would you say to them? Oh, 
Well, after my discussion with you, it's <laughs> very different. It. Yes, I would. I would ask them how long they've been fans of Blonde, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we would go to a gig together when yeah. when the world comes back. You um, can carpool together to the next yeah, concert. Yeah, <laughs> we be my best friends. Um, or what else would I say? Why didn't you want the tapes as well? If they, yeah, why? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be furious because it was so long ago now and, and I can't imagine it cost that much money to get the car fixed. Um, it was just a little hole in the door. So yeah, I just and hope that they've sorted their lives out. Yeah, that's nice. That's oh, nice. I'm not yeah. normally like this, by the way. I'm, <laughs> Very zen. I'm trying to be really nice and actually, I'm, come here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like, yeah, like they didn't smash a window. It's a nice, no. easy fix. Yeah. Good yeah. Well done. Good robbing. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. I am going to pretend that's a neat segue and start talking about the true crime part of the podcast. It's not a great link, but you'll see the link. I didn't notice it, Katie, at all. So well done. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's a very supportive environment. What the fuck has come over me? I really don't. I'm feeling really... Nice. What on earth's going on? Anyway, I've got pen and paper because I thought I'm going to take notes on the crime. Oh, man. Everyone is legit now with the pens and papers. We love a note taker. Yeah. Now, our story starts with the detritus of a capsized ship being discovered off the Brazilian coast. So ship car, that was my that was my segue. Now, the wreckage was bearing the name Bella, which meant that it was able to be identified as a boat that had left recently from Rio de Janeiro. So I have a couple of questions to start with. What year do you think this is and were there any survivors? Hmm. Mm. Just while we're all thinking, speaking of gallbladders, I've never said <laughs> detritus out loud and I've never known how you say it. So like, this is a great day. Ah. I just wanted to throw that in. I'm really <laughs> glad you brought that up, Taylor, because I think if I'd have seen it written down, I'd have probably gone detritus. Would you? Ah, you know what? Well, either I'm saying it wrong. I think or... you're saying it right. Oh, no, I'm sure you've nailed it. And yeah. I'm so excited to, you know, finally hear oh. it. Yeah, I'm normally the guy that says things wrong. I don't know if I've told you this guys this before, but I thought that apartheid was pronounced arpathed. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm normally that guy. So it's a great day for me to be the detritus guy. You that knows the fancy word. I worked in a restaurant once and somebody ordered fajitas. Oh, great day. <laughs> so dull for you. Oh, that took me a minute. I was like, what is that? <laughs> oh. But then I also, also used to think that in excess were called the ink. So, <laughs> karma again. <laughs> and but in answer to your question, no survivors. Okay. Um. <laughs> it's all fun and games, but there were no survivors. But every, everybody died on. So the they game. knew that it was called the Bella, and it was from Rio. And do we know? Sorry, did you say exactly where the? Okay, so it's the detritus is discovered off the Brazilian coast and they knew that it was the boat that had just left Rio de Janeiro. I'm going to say there was one survivor. Okay. Two survivors. Okay. And they both have different stories about what happened. And the year is 1904. The Titanic wasn't Uh. even a glimmer in their eye. Oh. Oh. 
That's a great answer. I would yeah. watch that. <laughs> I'm going to say it was 1989. 19, so, so 1989, 1904. Hannah, you haven't given us a year. Ooh, just well, death. I think I think a good <laughs> a good old. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just went straight in with the death stuff. But um, yeah. I think in terms of yeah, I, I think you don't get a good shipwreck. Like it feels like an old thing, a okay. shipwreck. So I'd say like 1887. Okay. Can I change wow. my answer? Oh, no, no, because no. I can't remember. I was alive in 1989 and I can't remember that happening. I and mean, I've got quite a good long-term memory and a terrible short-term memory. So it either happened last week or it happened three centuries ago. <laughs> also, I totally have your music playing on this awesome ship, like the Bella is rocking. Yeah. <laughs> the Cure. This is going to work. Okay, so the year is 1854. Oh. So I guess Hannah is the closest. HG is. Um, I'm in the shipwrecks. Or do I? How many people died? Oh, I didn't okay. say, did I? Well, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven. Seven. Okay, seven. so we've got zero, we've got two, and we've got seven. The official thing was no survivors because it was presumed that there were no survivors. Okay. Um, my source said no personnel were found and the ship's loss with all hands was assumed. Now, one of the missing presumed dead was a young Englishman called Roger Titchborn. And he was 25. And the last sightings of him were in Rio de Janeiro before he got on this ship. Question, do we think he's rich, poor? Is he working? Is he on a gentleman's intermission? What do we think? Who do you think he is? Did you say he didn't survive? Or we don't know that. He is presumed dead. Yes. Presumed dead, 25. Why would you be in Rio in the 1850s, England? Do you think he's rich or poor? I think he's rich. Okay. I think he's rich as well with a name like Roger. Okay. Rich yeah. Titch, they call him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree, like, I agree, but for a slightly different reason to Sally in the sense that I think that he's rich because of Titchborn, because I feel like, you know, you see like an old stately home somewhere, mm-hmm. it'll be called Titchborn. It's kind of like, there's so many names, that sounds like the name of a stately home. So I think Titchborn for me is the thing that's giving him away as a, okay. a rich yeah. guy. Um, good instincts, guys. You are all correct. Also, he's been remembered, which kind of suggests he might have been rich. True. Yes, <laughs> good point. True. But this is excellent police work. Yes, he is in line to become a baron. He is the oldest born son. And he, you know, he had a great childhood. They are super wealthy. Like he grew up loads in France as well. Oh, Taylor. I've put my hand up for the first time ever on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what a baron is. It's one of those words where I'm like, ooh, a baron. But what is a baron? It's like a lord estate kind of t- I don't know exactly what. But it's, it's, yeah, it's an it's official a, title, but is yeah. it in a ranking? Like, would you go yes. like, it goes baron, then lord? Then... It's an aristocratic title. Okay. It's amazing right. how we have no idea as well. I, know, I, know. Like, I mean, none of us. We just switch off when yeah. they try to teach us this. Yeah. Just, oh, um, they've got money. That's what that means. And they've inherited yeah. it. That's basically yeah. what it means. He didn't get a secondhand bike is what it means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had, so he, they, yeah, they're this very well family he is English but he spent a lot of his early years in France French was his first language but oh, then we, we. He, we, we. <laughs> and then he because but like just like very well traveled then obviously grew up in England as well was he on and one of these sort of 
what did they call them in those days when people went around the world? Not a gap year, but the equivalent. Yeah, like a kind of a gentleman's intermission or whatever. Yeah. The, that makes it sound like it's a break in a marriage, though, doesn't it? Yeah, or it sounds, um. yeah, or it sounds like he's going to the loo. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go. That probably means something terrible in sex terms, and I haven't Googled what it means. Yes. A gentleman's intermission. <laughs> It's like teabagging or something. Yes. <laughs> Actually, a golden shower these days. <laughs> I um, yeah. Uh, what was it called when they used to take themselves off? Oh, was it like the Grand Tour? Am I going? Yes, there? that's hey. it. Yes. Oh, well done. Yeah, I I think that is the deal. Actually, I think that is what he's having his big like exciting Grand Tour. His family are informed of the tragedy. Question, do they accept this? Their son Ooh. is dead. Their oldest son is dead. I'm guessing not. Okay. Just just because you're asking the question. Yeah. So there's got to be some, yeah, there's a big question mark about this whole thing because you're saying presumed dead and they don't buy it. Was he originally born on the Isle of Wight and did he have webbed feet? And were they like, he would have swum to safety. <laughs> like yeah. he'd have been okay. Because it's quite, it's almost quite arrogant, I think, to be, sort of to be like oh no he he definitely would have lived but is that because they were like oh if there was a lifeboat he would push any woman or child out of the way to get to it um (laughs) i don't know maybe they're like this guy's the worst of course he's yeah yeah that's what a baron is (laughs) it's just the worst I think I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say they totally accepted it. They didn't really like him that okay. much. He was very arrogant. He was <laughs> His siblings who were younger were delighted because mm. the next one was going to inherit the title. Yeah, and the yeah. Tichmop, Tichborn Castle, whatever it is. And the parents, they didn't care how much, you know, they just, okay. they, yeah, they were that sort of people, those sort of people. They don't, didn't really care much for their children. They were happy he'd so, gone. No, I like it. And do you know what? Hold that thought actually with the succession. But they retained a faint hope, apparently. Um, mm. And one of the reasons was that there were rumours that another ship had picked up the survivors and taken them to Australia. But this family has another problem and it is the succession issue. When the dad guy, Sir James Tichborne, dies, which he does in 1862, Roger, the missing one, is supposed to become the next, the 11th Baron. But if he's presumed dead, this title passes to his younger brother, Alfred. So question... What's wrong with Alfred? Uh-oh. Oh, oh dear. Is Alfred... Has he not got webbed feet? <laughs> it's, not, it's not webbed feet. Okay. I, mean, I still sort of hold a slight... Um, uh, oh, God, I can't think of the word. What was the word that said that they held out a slight uh, hope for him coming back? I was oh, a say faint that. hope. A faint hope. I was going to say I had a faint hope that... Um, <laughs> His yeah. feet were webbed, but it, it's almost like the the moment's gone when I forgot the word uh, faint. Um, someone else take over. Alfred a disgrace to the family in some way. Yes, he's besmirched the family name. Very close. So he's just he's just a bloody nightmare, mate. Oh, he, um, my source said that his financial recklessness rapidly brought about the near bankruptcy of everybody oh, and Titchborn Park was vacated and leased to tenants oh. because he's like lost them shitloads of money in a very short space of time. Alfred. And he's going to inherit all this if Roger's and he's, not Well, he's found. got it. 
yeah, he's got it now. The dad's dead, so he's got oh, it. Oh, I see. Oh, so he's got them. Oh, my God. Sorry, yeah. I concentrated. So, so he's got, so he's actually inherited it all now and he's pissing He's it inherited it and he's pissing it up the wall. Do you know what, what he's doing? Is he gambling? Is he drinking? Drinking I, mead? Oh, do you know, yeah. I'm going to assume gambling and, yeah, drinking women, mead. Women, prostitutes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, just sexual. It sounds like he needs to buy women. Yes. Yeah. And then he wastes With, the rest. And then, <laughs> Yeah, he's just a nightmare. But don't worry, guys, the mum has a plan. Oh. And now, like all good plans, it starts with a visit to a clairvoyant. Oh, oh nice. Yes. So the clairvoyant assures Roger's mother, Henriette, uh, Lady Titchborn, that Roger is alive and well. So my question is, what is Lady Titchborn's next move? Oh, shit. She's going to have she... to go to Rio de Janeiro, isn't she? That's a nice guess, Yeah. Oh, it's clearly wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm not revealing. I'm so I'm good at this. I'm not one of your children, Katie. <laughs> I feel like she wouldn't do much herself, but she's possibly going to hire some detectives. Okay, yeah. Ooh. So it's yeah. To look into it somehow, to look into the records okay. and to sort of, um, yeah. She I feel like she'll throw, she'll throw some money at the problem. Okay. Hannah, any advice? Oh, I watched a sort of like documentary film called The Imposter, and it's brilliant. It's a brilliant film, mm. probably out about 10 years ago, but it's all about a kid who went missing and then some other g- guy who was like 25 and he pretended to be this 13 year old. So he was an imposter pretending to be the kid that went missing. So I don't know, does she find somebody? Does she find an imposter and be like, oh, this is you, this is your man, this is Rog? But actually, oh. it's just Steve. It's not bloody Roger, it's Steve. He's not a baron. You the Titchborn identity. Ding, ding, ding. Yes! Oh, my God! Um, but it doesn't happen yet. Okay. So the first thing she does is she puts ads in the papers. Um, asking if anyone's got any information about the whereabouts. Has anyone seen Roger? What, around blah, blah, the Titchborn area? Well, this is the thing. So her first ads are all in England. Yeah, um, And it, no results, <laughs> no. like, at all. No, Why no, didn't you call? <laughs> yeah. No, no information comes through. So she gets a new plan. And so she, but she saw, she then saw an advertisement placed by an Arthur Culbert of Sydney, Australia. And he had this thing called the Missing Friends Agency. So she wrote to him. He agreed to place a series of ads in the Australian newspapers. And these gave... Details of the Bella's last voyage and described Roger Titchborn as of a delicate constitution, rather tall, with very light brown hair and blue eyes. And she offered a most liberal reward. That was the quote. Most liberal reward would be given for any information that may definitely point out his fate. So this seems much better plan in theory. The rumours are he's in Australia, so she's zeroing in um, yeah. mm-hmm. on the geography. Well, and she must have been really full of hope at this point. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a funny one, isn't it? As Hannah has said, basically what happens next is she gets a letter from Australia from a man who says that he is her son and he asks her to send him some money. Oh my gosh. So I have... She does it, doesn't she as well? Well, so I I got three questions for you. Number one, do we believe him? Number two, does she believe him? And number three, does she send him some money? No, yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> Taylor gets straight to the point with these That is the fastest we've ever answered a question. I couldn't even remember what the questions were, and you were like, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I am, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Taylor. Basically, um, she sends the money to somebody who's pretending to be him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because um, it's really sad. Because she, did she give that description of her son? Because she, about the blue eyes and the brown yeah. hair, 
and the delicate disposition and yeah. like because that's a lot for someone to go on. So I feel like right. this letter is kind of like, oh, I was just looking at the sea, which are the same colour as my eyes. Yeah. And I've got a bit of a dicky tummy, <laughs> mummy. Yeah. And can I have a thousand pounds? Yeah. Um, so it kind of feels like I don't know that, and of course she'd want to believe it. That's what's so sad about this it's story. It's really sad. But then at yeah. the same time, does she want to believe it because she doesn't want this other son? Is there a sort of more political imperative? Yeah, I mean, I'd like yeah. to know how quickly. I mean, how quickly did the dad die? In the sense that was she doing all of this stuff before she realised that the fortune was getting pissed up the wall by Baron uh, Robbie? So no, actually, the dad dies in sixty two, eighteen sixty two, and she posts the first ad in sixty three. So I would imagine that the dad mm. probably would have stopped her taking advice from clairvoyance. Yeah, but okay. uh, once yes. he said she's free to, <laughs> to but yes, I like, think she's he's cold. I'm going back. Yeah, to, I can. This is, this is the thing whenever clairvoyants get involved as well is however much she wants to believe it, that's definitely going to be influenced by however that woman played it. Yeah, and also from her point of view, she's now lost two members of her family mm-hmm. um, and she wants to be comforted. She's vulnerable. Does this, mm. does this imposter turn out to be Alfred? Or is he not? <laughs> no, he's, he's busy gambling, right, pissing okay. it up the wall. They're trying to keep the estate float, afloat with the tenants. That's such um, a great expression. Pissing it up the wall. That's a great expression. <laughs> Which is like very much a male expression, isn't it? Because even if I wanted to, I'm not sure I could piss anything up a wall. Oh, could with a she-we, you could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it just kind of, you could piss all over your own shoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> And she was busy pissing all over her own shoes. That's yeah. the equivalent what, what <laughs> Making bad financial decisions. Yeah. Covered my converse in urine. <laughs> um, so um, you guys are bang on. Uh, Taylor's no, yes, yes is correct. I mean, as in you guys don't believe him. She does believe him and she does send him the money. Um, And she also wrote back to him, um, pleading with him to come home. So question, does this man come home across the sea to see his so-called mum? No. No from Sally. I think it's a better story if he did. And going back to the film, The Imposter, like (laughs) this guy, like properly like dyed his hair, did stuff to his like eyes. He did a whole thing. And I think that if he maybe, I mean, what's what's his play though? Does he go like, can you send me a picture of me? There's no mirrors (laughs) in Australia. (laughs) I miss myself. Yeah. (laughs) The mirrors are all upside down. Uh... When was the camera invented though, Hannah? Let's look at that. (laughs) Do you know what? You're completely right. When was the camera? Can you draw a picture of me, mother? Yeah. <laughs> I th- there are pictures, actually. I'll get to that. It's a, yeah, it depends what his game is. How invested is he in this? If he's just trying to get some money, because look, he's just succeeded. Mm-hmm. If it were me, you know, I would just cash in my chips. Yeah. Maybe I'd write a couple more letters. Like, I just need a little bit more and then yeah. I disappear. Yeah. But if his motive you know when when it almost seems when we do these sort of imposter and con artist cases it's like so much more is driving it than just the money for some people so it's like uh, how much does he want to be in an improv group that doesn't exist yes <laughs> and if it's a lot then he is sailing the fuck yeah to what so needs play this guy that's so yeah, true because yeah. in, in, in your mind you'd think oh no if i go over there they'll realize i'm not roger but in yeah crazy person's mind <laughs> He might like, think challenge accepted. Yeah, I can do this. I can just I'll I'll wing this. 
Yeah, yeah, it takes a certain type of person anyway to reply to a missing kind of person's True. ad with, yeah. oh, that could be me, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah this will work. Yeah. He does. He travels to wow. England. Amazing. Which would take how long? Oh, I mean, like so fucking long. It would, yeah, yeah it, I think it would take like six weeks to get from Britain to America. Yeah, I always have that in my head. So, so Australia is it? Three months, it, do you think? Yeah, easily three months, yeah, right? Which yeah, stops probably. It yeah, really so is the long game. That's crazy, crazy. That crazy. is a long play. Mm-hmm. Enough time to grow a really big beard that covers, <laughs> which is handy. Yes. Enough time to completely change your whole look. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to get it together. Drunk women solving Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So this guy arrives and she welcomes him as her lost son. (gasps) Now, there are some differences. Oh, well, I've got no sympathy now. She's stupid. (laughs) she? She's bereaved and vulnerable, but yes, possibly stupid. Now, there are some differences between this guy and her son. Do you guys want to guess any of the differences? Do they start having sex? And she's like, wow, I didn't used to do this with my son, but I really like it. (laughs) Dark. No, it's darker if it's the oh, other well. way around, Katie. Oh, wait, that's so true. What the fuck is wrong with me? Ew, this woman has slept with a stranger from Australia. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, but she's calling her. Anyway. Yeah, no. Either way, they're both dark. Anyway. I feel as though there's probably some really big ones because sadly, when people are desperate, right. it's really sad the things they will believe. Um, mm. And the Hi. one thing, again, sorry, it's the imposter, but the one thing in the imposter was in the end they were like despite the fact this this guy was Spanish and the kid was an American kid but anyway it was like his ears were different like he literally had a different shape of an ear and I think an ear is just like a fingerprint in the sense that no two ears are completely the same or some shit I might have made that up I've had a few beers but (laughs) mine definitely aren't the same are they not what what from from ear to ear each side do you feel like your ears match I feel like I've always felt like mine are a little mismatched 
And like, I can tell my daughters, I will stare at her ears and they're just slightly different. So I feel like yeah. even your ears don't match. Oh I don't mean you, <laughs> Hannah George. Yeah. I just mean people. Oh, that was really personal. You anyway, yeah. carry on. This is <laughs> Now's the time to go into that, Taylor. Slack of four years later. <laughs> Guys, my ears are fucked up. <laughs> So I think maybe there, maybe one thing could be there are different height because that's mm. a huge giveaway, right? Okay, yeah. That's, that's what good. I'm going with. Not okay. ears because Taylor's actually really hurt my feelings. Well, I immediately <laughs> thought of his accent. Like if he's oh, grown yeah. up yes. in Australia, and again, I don't know how quickly the accent evolved there, you know, but uh, your voice, you know, you'd know your son's voice. Oh my God. And he'd be like two months ahead on Neighbours. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least, <laughs> absolutely right. And he'd be ta- he'd know how to surf, wouldn't he? All yeah. these things, yeah. Yeah, I think the accent thing's a really big thing there, Taylor. Well done. That is one of the things. Does anyone want to guess any more stuff, or should I just tell you the list of stuff? No, but it's great to picture a really cliche. Since we're going on cliches, just a really strong Australian accent, yeah. <laughs> like. And him having wow. to pretend that that happened when he nearly died. He woke, you know how people yeah. do, they wake the up trauma. With a different, speaking a different language. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. Okay. So oh, he doesn't have Roger's posh accent. He weighed considerably more. Um, as we know from the description, Roger is supposed to be of delicate constitution and he weighed about 57 kilograms. Yeah. Well, as somebody who's about to come out of lockdown, having done a lot of baking, like, <laughs> can we just give the man a break? He's been on a ship for three months. You can exercise a lot. Give him a fucking break. Okay. Fair enough. So old son, 57 kilograms. New son weighs 170 kilograms. It's quite a lot more. Oh, that's like, it's, yeah. even that's with all these baking. Sons. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. It's considerable. Oh, um, and there was, probably wasn't that much food on the ship over either. Oh, mind you, he had a thousand pounds, so he would have been traveling first class probably. He could have, he? yeah, got the best, mm, all the best. Still, you know eating. how ship food is. It's like airplane food. But also, there's nothing, option. there's nothing better to do on a ship, is there, as well? So you just eat. Yeah, yeah. it is a lot like lockdown, actually. Now, mm. that, now that we've thought this through, mm. we've all no, been on a ship. Mm-hmm. There's no in flight entertainment. No. <laughs> no. He's got to just like, yeah. Learn a new language or eat bread. We're going to get to the other differences in a minute, actually. But first, I'm going to tell you, she's just super happy she's got her son back. And other people are happy as well. There's kind of two camps. So the people that are happy. So new Roger acquired significant supporters in the Titchborne family. Uh, This family solicitor, Edward Hopkins, accepted him. Um, oh, as did mm. J.P. Lipscomb, the family's doctor. And it's interesting, actually, I think it was you, Sally, that said, you know, there might be more, like, they're just so keen to get rid of the spendthrift son that mm. there maybe there's people, there's a vested interest now in going, no, look, let's let's give it to this guy. We can trust him. Let's but anyway, the guy the f- who took a thousand pounds off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this guy, (laughs) this guy's legit. So um, the doctor, this Lipscomb guy, did a detailed medical examination and he reported that new son had a distinctive uh, genital malformation. And then it was suggested that Roger Tichborne had also had this defect, but it could not be established beyond speculation and hearsay. And I've just written in brackets, room for jokes here. Well, since you put it like that. It's just weird. I was just thinking, because we've had a few other cases where it comes down to like dick differences. And it's amazing how much this just winds up being like, what about the penis? (laughs) Similar penis? We all need to see it now. 
I mean, the <laughs> fact that he's at least three times the weight will give or take that. Let's yeah. have a look at the dick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. He weighs three of that guy, but we need to see his dick. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the same. <laughs> yeah. And who decided yeah. to be like, hang on, like all these people are accepting it and supporting it, but who's like, wait a minute, honestly. Okay. So drop the, them. Yeah. The doctor's definitely in on this, isn't he? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Cool. Definitely. So I'm going to tell you about the other group, the haters. So Lady Titchborn's brother, Henry Seymour, denounced New Sun. Okay, so this is one of the other differences. New Sun doesn't speak or understand French, which oh, was Roger's course. first language no. as a child. No, c'est <laughs> I've done all my French words now. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> I hope includes... they make the edit. <laughs> they love us in France I'd be sniffed out as not Roger immediately <laughs> just keep asking to go to the swimming pool <laughs> yeah, où est la piscine? <laughs> j'adore la piscine <laughs> um, so yeah so they spent loads of times in France and that was his first language um, and he also had no French accent or English accent or posh accent. So new son starts claiming the family estates and the rest of the family joins the brother-in-law and they're all super unhappy that he's doing that. So the, all the relatives band together and they take legal action. Okay. So, so people versus new Roger. This is yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of getting um, to like new Roger actually now. Yeah, he's so got cool. guts, man. Yeah. 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 Do you know, we don't know that much about them, but he has got balls, hasn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Dysfunctional they're malformed, ones, yeah. yeah. But they're there. Whether they're deformed or not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I um, bet the mum's like, Oh, he seems like fun. Better than Alfred. Like, he's yeah, barely yeah. not Rog, but nah, he's a step <laughs> like, up from Alfred. How much must she have hated Alfred as well to be like... I was no. going to say, to be Alfred and to see this going on, I mean, it's, yeah. I dare say, Sally, and even worse than someone not stealing your cassette. Well, I think it's so. Like, <laughs> I, I will accept a stranger from across the world, this <laughs> giant guy... <laughs> who doesn't speak any languages and has a malformed penis like that is better that's better than, than accepting you. you as my actual son yeah. and heir <laughs> what could he have done Alfred that is, I mean I know he was pissing the money up the wall but what he must have done something else mustn't he like, He's, yeah I mean it feels like there's some unresolved so much more yeah. dramas in this family yeah. <laughs> like they're married like the lady Titchborn and the husband guy they were like sort of not separated but they were like estranged and oh, okay. spending time in different countries sometimes yeah. and different parts of the houses and stuff so they were so Alfred um, might not even be her son I don't know <laughs> I had to really like think about that for a second yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay so it takes four years for this to go to court Wow. And all this time, Lady Titchborn had been believing this was her son. And the new son guy is going up and down the country gathering support. But now Lady Titchborn died just before the, the case arrived in court. So oh. he lost his biggest supporter and most valuable witness. Um, oh, but boy. because he'd spent these four years kind of running around getting like, well, the family's gathering stuff, he's gathering stuff. Um, so he had convinced a hundred people to vouch for his identity. 
And he memorised enormous amounts of facts about Sir Roger's life. He knew facts about what paintings hung in which rooms in various houses. He knew stuff like which tackle Roger had used for fly fishing. Um, He had lots of accurate details. And knew quite a lot about Roger's tackle as well. Yeah. Uh, Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he'd campaigned up and down the country gathering support. Now, the case lasted 1,025 days. And it was huge. Like what? this was like a cause célèbre. That's French. Cause célèbre. You know, like a big. He wouldn't have understood that, would he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking French. Um, but yeah, like it, it captivated Victorian England. So this is in the 1860s and 70s, and like everyone is mad for it. It's, oh, everything fucking captivates those people. Though. Yeah, yeah, they fucking love a court drama. Three years has um, lasted this court drama. No. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Insane. It should have like finished on day one when like when Roger he... just went g'day. Yeah, <laughs> literally on the first day of court. I've got my thongs on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a huge case. Wow. He's got some credible stuff. My obvious next question is. Does he go down for this? Do they find him guilty of impersonation or do they, does he get proved innocent as the son? I'm thinking, I'm trying to think like Hannah now, to be honest. Um, That's think- the nicest thing anyone this podcast yeah. has ever said. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and it's the first time anyone's ever said it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, well, the imposter thing, making the better story. I'm, th- I'm going to say, no, he carried on. Okay, so you, you think innocent, he gets proved innocent. Well, he shouldn't be, of course, but I'm going to say yes, because this is already mad, so... Detective Haywood says innocent. Mm-hmm. Hannah George and Taylor. Because also, what's he in court for? Like, because I thought it was because he's either in court for the um, the guy that the, the charges are being brought against as an imposter, yeah. or is he yeah. in court for that's what he's in court for being an imposter? Yes, they're accusing okay. him. Half the family, or a big a part of the family, is accusing him of being an imposter. Trying Why to get Titchborn in. <laughs> I just don't see how he cannot be found guilty. Okay. Like, there's so much. Oh, I that... wasn't thinking like Hannah at all then. <laughs> In fact, that was the opposite. Oh. And also, imagine being Australian, going over to Australia as a criminal, apparently, whenever they were sent over from the, from the UK and then having to come back and go into prison. <laughs> yeah, true. Although it's a free ticket home, maybe. True. <laughs> Penal colony. More like my house, am I right? <laughs> yeah, um, I think he must go down how harsh the sentence is I don't know but yeah as Hannah says even with all the support especially because she's no longer alive yeah to vouch and it's kind of like well who's the powerhouse even if you have a hundred people do they matter if the family are so adamant and the family are so powerful and wealthy yeah these are all excellent deductions and yeah he goes down (laughs) I'm terrible at this that is not true female workplace well no and for the record it's not the result I wanted I wanted the sitcom Titchborn they're stuck with new Roger what's he up to now this week (laughs) there's a French exchange student oh Uh -oh. no (laughs) (laughs) quick pass him a phrase book that he can read under the table they'll never know it gets proven in court that his real name is Arthur Orton and he is a butcher's son from London who travelled to Australia several years before. Oh, so the accent, he could put that on so, quite easily. Yeah, well, so he just had like a, you know, more of a Cockney 
London accent rather than an Australian one, but it wasn't posh enough still. In 1874, he was convicted of perjury and sentenced to 14 years hard labour. During his prison years, he insisted on being addressed as Lord Titchborne and would not (laughs) respond to the name Orton. Good luck. Um, (laughs) And what's funny about this case too is like now it's so widely regarded that he was a fake um, and commentators have generally accepted that the jury's verdict, that the the claimant was Arthur Orton. But even at the time, there was like loads of conspiracy theories type stuff going on. There was continued support for him. There were people that were still campaigning that he was the real guy. There was genuine, and we can put photos on Twitter or whatever, but there's genuine facial resemblance. And there was a theory that the dad had had an affair years before and that they could have been half brothers, maybe. But that isn't what the court case was about. That's just one of these conspiracy theories. Um, There was also this one guy that argued, well, this this one guy argued that this guy could have been Roger Titchborne because it was just so improbable that anyone could um, conceive of such an imposture from scratch at such such a distance and then implement it. Mm. He said that it was carrying effrontery beyond the bounds of sanity. If, but that doesn't mean he didn't do it. If (laughs) Arthur Orton had, you know, crossed the world knowing that... Also, so this is the other thing. I think Arthur Orton left a wife and children back in Australia oh. to go and do this. So he abandoned that I family. I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. wow. um, and so, and then, so this guy's going, why would he leave a wife and children knowing they would all be destitute um, if he did not succeed in convincing a woman he had never met and knew nothing about firsthand that he was her son? But this, like, the thing is, great argument, guy, but, like, just because it's mad doesn't mean that he didn't do it, you know, like... Yeah, and also, how old were his kids? Were his kids, But like, they had a thousand pounds, didn't they? Originally, yeah. they may, he may have left them with the thousand pounds and gone, I'll be back left with that more. As a little, like, or yeah. you can come to the Titchbourne, what was it called again? I wrote it down. Titchbourne <laughs> Castle in a yeah, few yeah. years when I've, when I've secured the deal. Yeah, here's a, here's a bit of a down payment on my child support. Mm. Today, Arthur Orton or the Titchborne claimant is considered one of the most audacious con men of all time. And there is a film about it as well, but obviously not the one Hannah saw. But I yeah, feel like it, the modern one. <laughs> you saw a modern one. It's wild what you could get away with before DNA testing. Yeah. But yeah, so shout out to uh, old school identity fraud. Cheers. All right. Yeah, cheers. It's amazing that it was going on then as well. All this conspir all these gangs who are talking about conspiracy yeah. theories as well. And I don't just mean like nowadays with um, the pandemic, but even loads of crimes recently where people kind of get, no, the parents did it or whatever. And they've got yeah, Facebook totally. groups believing it. Exactly. And like we think that Twitter is like new, but that's always been the public yeah. square. Yeah, like, absolutely. All, all of these different ideas. My one last word on the film The Imposter, which I do yeah. love, and I keep saying it, but I always remember I saw it in the cinema. What I love in a cinema, or what I love about any film, is if somebody audibly says something, like you, you not just a laugh, somebody just says something. And I was watching it in a cinema in Cardiff. And I remember I was sat next to this woman. I didn't know who the woman was, but there's this huge twist in The Imposter. And then I just heard this tiny little voice just go, fuck it. <laughs> and it was just oh, it was my favourite moment in the cinema, oh, um, and you'll know what that, that moment is if you watch the film. When, oh, I'm not being great. paid to say this, by the way, but it's such yeah. a good film. Do you know, <laughs> I, I went to see The Wolf of Wall Street once, and it was packed. And there's a moment in it, and the, the cinema was packed. And there's a moment in it when I can't think what the actor's name is, but she comes out. She's beautiful, and she has just she opens up her coat or dressing gown. And she's just got like a Margot Robbie, yeah, bookie, um, bra and knickers on. You but you know the bit. And honestly, it was, everyone was just watching. And then as soon as she did that, I just heard this one man go, oh, yes, 
And I'm like, oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. And everyone laughed. <laughs> That's the last time you went to the cinema with your dad, am I right? Drunk women solving crime. I got to do our Patreon shout oh, out. Oh, do. And um, do it. So I am now under the pressure of having to do a different theme every time. And it's just become kind of a delightful, how can I mildly humiliate myself every week? And it's really fun. I'm just going to do it. I decided to be uh, like a moody 90s alternative singer for this one. We've nice. got five lovely new patrons. So here we go. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> this is an ode to all the patrons. Yeah, all the patrons. You know you really help us out. It means so much to see you on there. It shows you really care. So here's your shout out. We've got Mark Vella, Katie Reed, Amy Doherty. We've got Marie Smith and Katie Starling. Patreon.com forward slash Drunk Women Solving Crime. Support us if you can. And you'll get stuff like this in return. Be good to yourselves. It's <laughs> getting more and more surreal. That's impressive. It? Awesome. I love, I love that. it. I would buy your album immediately. Thanks. Yeah. Quite so the much. voice, Taylor. So much so that the cat jumped, jumped up and I had to stop her meowing then for fear of her interrupting <laughs> you. And that is the sign of a great voice. Yeah. Is when you disturb a cat. <laughs> but thanks for the support guys we love you as always right I'm going to go to a listener crime that was tweeted to us so this is from Mark or at Biodino oh I know who that is on Twitter so he says it's not up to your usual listener crimes I know but I did once genuinely have my homework stolen by a burglar and then he says, I was living in Italy during my university year abroad and had come home that day and left my stuff in the front room of my family home. Overnight, we were burgled and more or less all they took were my still packed suitcases, including all the work I had done in Italy. <laughs> so what do we think happened? Who do we think burgled his Italian holiday and stole his suitcases with his homework? I'm not sure yet, but I was thinking how cool it would be if the equivalent of the dog ate my homework in Italian is like, the burglars stole my homework. <laughs> Did you like my accent there? I just put my shoulders up. The burglars stole, that's Italian. Was that Italian? Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You see, and the hand. Yeah, you can yeah, tell well it's done. Italian because of the shoulders. Oh, okay. Was it Alfred who stole Yes, mm. could be Alfred trying to, uh, he's down on his luck. Yeah. First yeah, be like, Mark, why are, you do, why are you doing homework on holiday? Like you either do that shit before you go on holiday, because I'm assuming he yeah. was a kid? Because it's oh, no, He said he, he was, was at un abroad. university. Oh, so okay. He, it was, he was living in Italy during my university year abroad and had come home that day and left my stuff in the front room of my family. Oh, actually... I have slightly misrepresented this. I wouldn't understand that properly when I read it the first time. I thought he'd gone on holiday to meet his family <laughs> and the crime took place in Italy. And it was like, it's the Italian job. But no, 
he was in Italy and he came home to, I'm assuming, England. Stolen um, from his family home. Is there a jealous sibling who did not get to study abroad? Mm. Who took the homework in a move of sabotage? Mm. That's a good point. And I don't know if he is in England. He could be in Canada for all I know. I think it's in England. <clears throat> I think it is, right? <laughs> I think so. Oh, God. It's all this work that he'd done while in Italy. He's brought it back home. An ex-partner? Could be. I'm, Are these the only things stolen? Because what a yeah. weird, like, presumably a bunch of, like, backpacks. Who's going to, why are yeah. you going to steal just that? And it's not gonna Well, this, yeah. I mean, he describes them as suitcases. So maybe they okay. look like they could be full of money. I don't know. <laughs> All <laughs> I feel be. is that we'll, like, as a society, need to make, like, we need to decide at what point we stop calling working homework. Like, because it really threw me. I was like, this guy's uh, 11 or he's 12. Like, yeah, if you're studying true. abroad as an adult, you're not doing homework. You're oh, doing either coursework he was, or... <laughs> he was doing that as a sort of a tongue-in-cheek joke, though. Oh, it's I like, see, because oh. I know exactly who Mark is as well. And he's a good lad. Hello, Mark. It's a pleasure to be solving this for you. I yes, think we've really made is. it more complicated. But <laughs> what I'm here to say is... Well, I'm wondering if maybe... Like, the fact... See, now, the fact that there's suitcases... And they, it could look like it's full of money or gold or drugs. There could be an old swapperoo with the briefcase. Oh no, that's briefcases, not suitcases. I'm so but still, my point. My I'm point so stands. It, it could be, you know, like maybe the old they Samsung swapperoo. <laughs> but what if somebody, you know, like it's a mistaken Samsung? identity? Samsonite. Samsonite. Fuck. Go, yeah. It could be a, a house mistaken identity, and they were like. These are the people, and then they're like, they're "Quick, those are the suitcases." But it was the wrong house. It was Mark's. House. What if they were actual suitcase? Let's let's just lean into the mafia stereotype that we all want to be doing right now. Okay, let's just give ourselves permission. <laughs> lean in. What if they were actual suitcases that matched his? Because many bags look alike, as any airport will tell you. Mm. Um, what if there actually were some like cases full of mafia money? Right. And somebody just traced the wrong house and went and yoink, and then they're like. 19th yeah. century Venetian art. Oh, I just love the idea of like you know the, the money in the in the briefcase. Like that's cool, right? Like that's movie stuff. But the idea of it being in like a wheelie sort of bag—it's <laughs> just like it's kind of like these men in suits like coming and going. I have uh, just been on my holidays, got some money for you. And what, yeah, like, it just doesn't feel it? right. When was this um, crime? Do we know? It was when he was at university. I don't know how old he is now, but he looks like a mature adult. So it could have even been one of those suitcases before the wheels on the case were invented. That's what I was thinking. Remember how heavy they were before the wheels came in? I reckon wheels existed. He doesn't okay. look old enough that there weren't wheels. Doesn't look as old as me then. Is that what you're saying, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> remember the no wheels. Who knew were wheels then? I thought they were quite... Oh, no, I remember really heavy cases. You remember them coming in? You remember wheels coming yeah. in on suitcases? Wow. <laughs> they revolutionised her drugs business. Yes. <laughs> I remember it to the day. Finally. Finally. Um, I, I don't know. You had cassettes in 2005. I don't know how legit this. I remember wheels on suitcases. I remember no in. wheels. I remember my parents dragging them. Um, but... Um, I was trying to narrow it down to the 70s, that's why. But I don't even know why I was. Why the year is relevant. It doesn't matter, does it? It probably could cast some light on the crime. I liked what Taylor said earlier, actually, about a sibling that didn't yeah. get to study abroad in Italy. 
I think that's quite good. We can explore this further, perhaps, yeah. on Twitter. This might be an, on, an open case, an ongoing investigation. So, oh my God, it could have been a neighbour. It could have been the royal family. It could have been anybody then. Yeah. <laughs> could have been also, like, just the idea that they've stolen, like, papers and stuff. That makes me think that, I don't know, because they obviously didn't think it was his... Mark, it's not homework, it's coursework at that age. They might have thought it was his... If they thought it was just university coursework, they might be a bit like, I'm not going to take that. But it makes me think that maybe they thought that it was like, I don't know, what's what's good paper-wise? Like, like bonds imp- or something? Important. Or, yeah, like important... Documents. Paper stuff. What if oh, he didn't do the work? And what if he did what we all wish he had which is just fuck about in Italy for a while and this is just a family story that he has told for so long (gasps) and he has seen it through by sharing it like who stole it we still don't know we still talk about it stuck to this story Mm. and we've just blown it wide open Taylor well done okay Right. Well, so actually, Sally, we do, we do solve it. Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Great. Oh, Taylor again, the singing detective the down there. We just do a whole like modesty bit, and then we're like, <laughs> and we're like, bam! You weren't expecting our secret. We like Columboed that one. Just one more thing. You know um, that cliche that women can't do good gun noises, and in my case, <laughs> very true. <laughs> just because I noticed, I went like. <laughs> Which I guess is a gun, and then Katie went, bam. Can you guys do a good. (laughs) God, it answered to that. On that bombshell, we have just enough time to ask Sally Ann Hayward, what are you up to? Where can we find you? What do you want to plug? Um, I want to plug my podcast, which I do with Lou Conran, which is called Spit or Swallow. And you can get that. Very nice. Yeah. And you can get that on all the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. is what people say is an episode do tune into that and we have lots of oh, tell, fun tell, guests. tell everyone more about it it's basically we started off as wine tasting and it's um evolved yeah, into started off <laughs> it's evolved into every tasting of drinks so cool. um we did margaritas with carol decker from tapau we did oh, cool. a cocktail with jimmy carp it's called the union jack Wow. We did red wine with Joe Lysett. We did a soft drink with Sarah Millican. We did Vimto with Sarah Millican. Um, cool. And we just hear about our guests' drunk stories. Nice. That's what we do. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it does awesome. sometimes ends up very drunk. <laughs> Trevor <laughs> Simon. Listeners. Oh, yeah. Trevor and Simon from. Very drunk with them. I had their book. Yeah. They're great. Can you speak French? We oui or no? <laughs> <laughs> Also, like listeners to this podcast, like Lou, who Lou Conran, who you do your show with, mm-hmm. she has been a guest on this. She was one of our live guests in Manchester. Yeah, if exactly. you remember that episode, she was absolutely brilliant. So to hear more from Lou as well, check out yeah. this podcast. Excellent, double fun. Yeah, you were both amazing guests. Oh, yes. yes. Thank you for Truly. being with us. Thank, oh, thanks thank for having you. me. I've loved it. I've really enjoyed it. I feel like a detective, but a terrible one at that. But <laughs> <laughs> they make the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> well, thank you so thank much you. for coming, Sally and Hayward. Thank you. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye!
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 